If you want to learn fly fishing, then pick a date and sign up for a wading trip from Jesse Browns. Our experienced guides meet you streamside with everything provided for the day. Rod and reel? Check. Waders and boots? Check. Flies and lunch? No, not together, but flies to fish with are included in a streamside lunch too. Let's learn to fly fish with Jesse Browns. Fall in the Carolinas brings cooler weather, beauty, and cold water. The cold water is what we want to talk about on this segment of the Carolina Outdoors because it is where the rainbow, the brook, and the brown trout are living. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. I'm your host, Bill Barty. To talk about these topics, we're going to bring on an author, speaker, and sportsman, and now he's a TV star, Sam Johnson of Wild Bearings and the author of Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway. Sam, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Well, thank you, Bill. It's great to be here. It's always Carolina Outdoors is a is a highlight when we can uh, spend a little bit of time together. But it's good to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. We we the Carolina Outdoors sometimes will sneak over into North Georgia, just so you know. Sometimes it sneaks over into East Tennessee as well. So wait a second on that because you're no stranger to the show. And and Sam, in fact, one of your prior visits, you shared about the new popular. A program on the Country Network, Wild Bearings Outdoors, Season 1, you told us, you know, was in the books. You're working on Season 2. We know that you were on the Biltmore Estate with a fly rod. Can you tell us about how the filming of that episode went and where we can see it? I sure will. Be happy to, Bill. Uh, We actually finished uh, shooting yesterday. Uh, We shot for two days. On the Biltmore Estate, which is, most of you probably know is 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 an eight thousand mm. acre estate that straddles the French Broad River just south of of Asheville, and um, we were fortunate enough to be with their director of horticulture, who is also a great fly fisherman, and knows every inch of that eight thousand acres, and is responsible <laughs> for every blade of grass and every tree that grows there, as well as he knows where all the fish are, which was even more important for us. So we we had a great two days of of shooting. Um, being the Biltmore, where it will be two episodes, actually two 30-minute episodes that will air on the American Country Network, uh, both uh, over the air and streaming. Uh, the first episode will will air in March of 2024. Well, let's get into the weeds with that deal, uh, uh, not, n- not literally, uh, just figuratively, because uh, Asheville arguably is a center point for many people who are enjoying western North Carolina uh, fly fishing. So much water is available and accessible uh, outside of Asheville and inside of Asheville, including the Biltmore, privately as well. But there's plenty of public streams around there as well. Will you talk to us about fishing um, Asheville or western North Carolina, for that matter, uh, what it means to fish there in the fall? Well, Bill, it's it's ironic you ask because we've been experiencing this, and we uh, the 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 director of horticulture at the Biltmore actually picked the last two days because he, based on his under, based on his his history, 
uh, anticipated it to be the peak of the ah. foliage season. And it's just it's hard to say how beautiful it is when you're you're out on a mountain stream and you're surrounded by just a calico of colors, every color of the rainbow. And you're standing in a stream chasing a rainbow or a brown or a brook trout. Uh, it's just a very special time of the year to be on a, a mountain stream in western North Carolina. It says it uh, on the cover of your book, of course, Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge pa- Parkway. It's in there. Trout don't live in ugly places, and it's hard to find <laughs> an ugly place in the fall in North Carolina, especially western North Carolina. And uh, for our listeners out there who don't believe what Sam just said about the peak, we did speak to Dr. Beverly Collins, uh, the fall foliage forecaster. You can go back to highlights of the Carolina outdoors and hear that episode because she proclaimed exactly what your fishing buddy said, too, uh, there at the Biltmore, that you were fishing. The peak is now. Um, but what about, Sam, something to pay attention to, and it's been a topic down here in town, in Charlotte, where people are watering their lawns and trying to get that grass to grow and things like that. But the water levels matter uh, to these fish and to the fishermen who are hitting these streams. What did you experience as far as that? Do we need rain as desperately as I think we do? We we actually do. I mean, every stream that I'm familiar with right now, um, other than obviously the, a lot of the tailwaters, but the the the, the wild streams and mm-hmm. rivers are pretty exceedingly low in water right now. Uh, we were looking at the French Broad River uh, it, going through the Biltmore, and it is fully uh, probably um, a foot and a half to two feet below its natural level right now. So it's very noticeable, and it certainly makes a difference in the fishing, as you all know. Uh, the fish tend to congregate more in in the waters where they can get in and be protected and still find food and have enough oxygen. Uh, they're spookier uh, in many cases, so it does make fishing you can find where the fish are seemingly a little bit easier because it's, 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 you know, it makes sense where they're going to be. They're going to be where the, the, the most of the water is. But getting them to go after a fly or, or a bug is, is, is a little bit more difficult sometimes. You're one of the most experienced, experienced anglers out there and have a wide resume of uh, fishing different places. Do you have a, an answer in low water conditions? Good news is the, the uh, weather, air temperature and the water temperature have thankfully been, been dropping to an extent, but there's only so much that the air temperature can do affecting, uh, affecting the water without more rainfall. But what did you do um, on the French Broad? And I know that's the Biltmore State, and there's maybe special circumstances, but did you have to switch up what you would normally do because of the less than water flow that may have been in the stream? Well, actually, Bill, we 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 did not fit, fish the French Broad on this trip. We're ah. going to come back and fish the French Broad. We were actually, there are no trout streams on the 8,000 acres of the Biltmore State. There are there are lakes that have been created by Olmstead, who was the, the landscape architect that designed everything on the grounds. So we were fishing lakes that had been created by Olmstead for the Vanderbilt family and their friends. So water water was not a problem in ah. these lakes. These lakes were pretty much at full pool. Mm-hmm. But 
leading up to the leading up to our fish there yesterday and the day before and um, late yesterday afternoon, we were on some of the local streams after the shooting. And so we, we were experiencing low water uh, situations and really uh, having to change up our techniques and, and how to get around the leaves, number one, because their leaves are starting to come in now, and, um, and, and having to get down to the fish who are relatively lethargic because of the lack of dissolved oxygen in the water. Uh, you got to put, you got to put something, uh, rather high protein right down there in front of them if you're going to get them to bite. <laughs> It sounds like you had a fantastic trip, and one of the answers uh, is to fish the lakes and ponds. I think I'm going to get this right, sp- uh, spreading ba- bad information. I hope I don't spread bad information, but Olmstead, he's the same man who designed Central Park, I think. He absolutely did Central Park, and he designed, uh, I think, uh, several of the major parks down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he made a huge, um, a, a huge impact on landscaping around the country using natural flora um, that that was in the area. So he 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 did an unbelievable. Every tree, every bush. Um, over 200 acres surrounding that Biltmore estate is is manicured and plantagrammed by 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 this man and uh it was it was just amazing oh it's a fantastic experience uh you mentioned and i guess i shouldn't have been surprised that the leaves uh, at peak now are starting to fall how aggravating is that can you for our anglers out there who are excited you know we're going to get a little bit of rain uh coming through it may dinge up much of the water up there but um just appropriately dinge it up, but how aggravating is fishing with those leaves? And do you have any answer if you're nymph fishing, dry fly fishing? Um, how do you well, handle those? Well, the, the answer to your first question is it aggravating? Absolutely, it is because <laughs> you're absolutely every time you hang up on a leaf is going to be when you have spotted a rising trout or something out there that you're throwing to. And you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna snag a leaf. So yes, yeah, aggravating. Well, what what I've learned through the years, and I was I was actually taught by someone a whole lot smarter than me that had been through this, is you're gonna get under them. Uh, you're not yeah. gonna fish with with um, an, you know using like a big dry fly as an indicator on stop on top with a hook. You'll use you're either gonna purely nymph, where you'll you'll just go go to the bottom. Or you're going to use a strike indicator that will not hang up on the leaves. Um, you're going to get some weight to get down uh, with your the bugs that you're dropping underneath, um, and and where you can get down where the fish are. It's really, um, and even then, you know, you're 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 going to hang up on leaves periodically. But that's just part of fall fishing. You know, I mean, you got the beauty of it surrounding you. But you've got the frustration sometimes that these leaves are going to you, you're going to feel like it cost you a strike or cost you a mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. Listen, our guest is Sam Johnson. He's a author, speaker, sportsman, and more. And we're talking to him about fall fishing in the Carolinas or in East Tennessee as well. Sam, you reside, uh, lay your head down in Dahlonega, Georgia, there in the North Georgia mountains. But right. you uh, you cover a lot of ground in your speaking tours and also in your fishing tours. Right now we're talking to you. You're over in Elizabethton, Tennessee area. 
Talk to us about that tail race that you're getting to fish now after your time on the Biltmore. How is fishing uh, the tail race of the Watauga River? Well, it's just beautiful. We we have a really um, a, a real affinity for Wilbur Dam, mm-hmm. which is about probably five miles um, upriver from Elizabethton on the Watauga. It's the last dam before it goes into Boone Lake uh, and joins the Holston. Uh, but the tailwater right now is wide open. Uh, the water is very cold. The fish are very active. Um, uh, there was yesterday afternoon. I didn't get back from the Biltmore until after three o'clock. And between three o'clock and about five forty-five, I caught uh, probably close to twenty-five fish, wow. uh, all rainbows and browns. You know, anywhere between eight inches and sixteen inches. So they're very active. They're taking off the top, and they're taking your droppers underneath. So it's just a really good time uh, using any any large fourteen to sixteen inch or sixteen size um, uh, top water dry bug. Uh, I'm partial to big a big old caddis, and then I drop underneath that a lot of dry hackle and or uh, just beadhead nymphs, zebras, and things like that is what they were taking yesterday. Hey, in your in your uh, travels and tours, of course, this fall, talking about fishing in the fall with Sam Johnson here on the Carolina Outdoors with Bill Barty. Uh, Sam, the animals, the wildlife, not just the fish, are out moving around. Um, what's your experience there? Of course, Asheville and the Biltmore, they have plenty of deer. They have plenty of bear as well. If you right. get over toward the Great Smoky Mountain National uh, Park or in the park, uh, uh, there's plenty of elk moving around. Uh, that herd is doing quite well after 20-plus years yeah. of bringing, reintroducing the, the elk to the area, to, to our uh, part of the woods, if you will. Any interaction getting to see or uh, experiencing any face-to-face time with deer, bear, elk, or anything else in your travels? Bill, uh, over the last uh, two and a half weeks, um, we've been basically face-to-face with every animal (laughs) with the exception of a bear. We have not seen any bear, even though yesterday we 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 were very cautious in some of the areas we were because bear activity had been had been very prominent over the last few weeks. But, I mean, from elk, like you said, over in western Carolina around Cherokee, yesterday we just herds of deer, herds of turkey. We actually fished past a, a, a hollow log on, on an island in on the lagoon just below the house at the Biltmore, and there was a raccoon in there asleep. And, and so we, we uh, geese. Swans, you name it. Uh, of course, squirrels are everywhere, but uh, the the wildlife very active right now. Well, and I'm gonna head back to the book too because the book puts you out there in the different streams along the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, I don't think you'll ever get tired of talking. I hope not because over at Jesse Brown's, uh, this book is part of the DIY program for a lot of people who are. Uh, jumping into the Carolinas, we've had so many people moving to the Charlotte area, and they're using their home base here in Charlotte as a launching point uh, into Western North Carolina. And this book uh, is really a must to have. It it features uh, over 210 of the most serene and productive places to chase trout 
along the North Carolina section of the parkway. Sam, you wrote this book. at I don't know how you did this, but right at the pandemic is when this book happened. And it has been super popular uh, on the in the book uh, library, if you will, over at Jesse Brown's. Um, do you have a favorite place in that or is that like picking your favorite child? <laughs> it is kind of like picking your favorite child, but since we're in the fall, um, you know, there there are a couple of streams that I'm going to mention here that if people have not fished them, I would highly recommend that they go fishing. Now, some of these, most of these are along the Blue Ridge Parkway. I'm only going to just give a sentence on each one of these. I'm, I'm not going to give you a full blow away. I'll give you the name of it and the general area where it is and just a quick description and then move on. Yeah. Um, if, if 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 you have never fished the Doe River coming out of um, or coming into Elizabethan, Tennessee, which is where I am right now, by the way, this comes off a of Rhone Mountain in North Carolina and flows north for about 25 miles um, and then flows into the Watauga River in downtown Elizabethan. So you can fish, catch trout, walk out of a stream into a, a drink a beer, smoke a cigar, eat something, and jump right back on the river. It's a great river. Another a creek that I really enjoy in the fall is, is a creek called Lower Creek, L-O-W-E-R, Lower Creek which is a little bit of a, a misnomer because it happens to be the, the highest sourcing trout stream east of the Mississippi. Uh-oh. And this is on the east side of Mount Mitchell. And it's one of the headwaters of the South Toe River. And so you've got a lot of other streams around it also going into the South Toe. But, but Lower Creek is a really great creek. Uh, Dutch Creek, uh, which flows into Valley Cruces, North Carolina, yes. just to the to the west of Boone. And uh, it flows into the Watauga River, the upper Watauga, right there at the delayed harvest area. So you can fish the Watauga delayed harvest and then go up, up Dutch Creek for almost six miles uh, chasing wild fish. And the last one I'll mention is a creek called the East Fork of Chestnut Creek. Now, this is on the line of North Carolina and Virginia, just under Galax, Virginia. It runs right under the Blue Ridge Parkway up into the Blue Ridge Music Center. And it's one of the few places I know that you can be standing in a trout stream chasing wild trout, listening to bluegrass music on a stage 50 50 yards away, and there may be 3,000 people in front of that stage, and no one even knows you're there. So those are three or four creeks that I would recommend, especially in the fall because of the color, uh, the water temperatures, and the aggressiveness of of the rainbows, browns, and brooks that live in those creeks. Well, you are a gem to share. You've got 206 more in that book. And uh, the research that you did, the detailed descriptions, the insight uh, is amazing. Uh, So thank you for always jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing your wisdom and your experience and and continued uh, success. And congratulations for the success. Uh, We're glad for you, Sam. Well, thank you, Bill. That means a lot. You, uh, you know, Jesse Brown Outdoors over there, you, you guys are just an icon uh, in the industry. And I was in your, as you know, I was in your yes. store just a month or so ago. And it's just, um, 
it's a great place to visit. I tell you, too much good stuff in there. I, it was hard for me to get out of there without spending any more money than I did. Well, I, I apologize. Our red carpet machine was broken the day you were in there because it usually just rolls right out. But uh, uh, I, yeah. I think it's being fixed right now. <laughs> and I'm going to go hit the East Fork of the Chestnut Creek. East Fork of Chestnut, because I have not fished there outside of Galax. So thank you for that little tip as well, Sam. Uh, we'll see you soon when your next uh, visit into Jesse Brown's. I sure hope so, Bill. Great talking with you. Great talking to you. Off he goes and off I go, but I'm coming back on the other side. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 